Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On this episode, I have such a treat for you. We all got together and had our yearly roundtable where we talk about the year in review. Mike Stefano and Caitlin Ritter from Obstacle Running Adventures did all the work, did all the questions. All I had to do was just sit there and talk and it was fun and I enjoyed it. So if you've already listened to their episode, then you've already listened to this episode as well. But Mike had an outro. I'm not going to have an outro this episode. So check out Obstacle Running Adventures, OCR Talk, OCR Coven, and Obstacle Racing Media. Also, leave a review. I have no 2021 reviews. Be the first one to do it. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, My next race will be the Huff and Puff Half Marathon in Jackson, Georgia, which is close to Indian Springs. At Dawson Trails. If you're going to that race, let me know. Peace. Let's go around and introduce ourselves and briefly say how your 2020 was. Hi, I'm Anna Landry, um, co-host OCR Talk with Jason Dupree. My 2020 was uneventful, (laughs) just like everybody else's. Um, But I think most importantly, it was it was just getting back to what I enjoy doing. It was a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happened for me professionally, which I'm really excited about. Um, athletically, maybe not so much, <laughs> but I mean, overall, I can't complain. You know, I'm happy. I'm healthy. You know, can't complain outside of much more than that. So. Hey, I'm Scott Knowles and yeah, besides just pretty much a couple of Spartan races and a savage race and trail races from here and there, you know, it was, a pretty boring year but still got to you know see some friends and all and you know just working in a hospital environment is and being around COVID it's been extra depressing and scary. Jason Dupree from OCR Talk uh, co-host with Anna Landry. My 2020 was was pretty good I mean we talked about this on our episode but I I enjoyed it you know there's a lot of trash talking about 2020 in general but I enjoyed it i bought a house because we were stuck in the house from you know working from home all the time so we're like all right we were planning on doing this eventually let's just do it now and uh that's been a lot of fun really enjoying the space that we have now and athletically i maintained throughout the year and and uh was able to perform you know fairly well even though i didn't like push my training crazy hard so pretty happy with it uh, I'm Josh Chase, one half of Obstacle Discourse with uh, the absent Matt Davis and uh, myself. My 2020 was pretty good. I mean, I I think the one advantage here is we never really have a lot of time to dedicate to our training because we're constantly racing, traveling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this was kind of a reprieve of, okay, now you've got a shitload of time. What are you going to do with it? So for me, I spent pretty much the entire year working on my running, nothing else. Uh, 
and I can say that that is excellent, but now I have some gaps in other places. So more to come on that. And we have a newcomer, uh, Kim. Hey, I'm Kim DeVos of OCR Coven. And I have to say 2020 has been a bit of a roller coaster, like an emotional roller coaster this year. <laughs> I think we started out doing okay and I could be pretty optimistic, but as the year's gone on, it's just turned pretty depressing after one shutdown after another. But personally, my husband left for the Navy. So I think my entire life is completely changing right now. And then I've gone through some loss. So this year has just been crazy. <laughs> Caitlin, you're not sick this time, so. I'm not sick. Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm the co-host of Obstacle Running Adventures. Um, Running-wise, I ran the furthest I've ever run in April with 23 miles at um, Ultravirus 2. I completed my first overnight event at Toughest, or Virtual Toughest, which was not my favorite thing in the world. And then personally, I started a new job, and I'm three quarters of the way done with grad school. So my life has not been OCR running focused recently. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And I'm Michael Stefano, uh, the other half of Obstacle Running Adventures. Uh, 2020 has been interesting. Started off really strong with traveling the country with OCR America, with Edmund Paparis, and then COVID happened. And uh, yeah, the rest has been interesting since then. So, all right. So first topic earlier this year, Spartan bought Tough Mudder. Um, how do we think that this is going to play out in the long term? Uh, we'll start with Josh here. Oh, God. Um, <clears throat> I think we're going to have a light selection of Tough Mudders on the calendar when it happens. Um, I think the news about them bringing money back to World's Toughest Mudder is probably the best thing they can do for the brand. Um, but if they try and Spartanize it, whereas they launch 72 products, they're going to learn the hard way that it's not going to succeed. So... I'll be interested to see sort of what they do with it. I think having Kyle at the helm still is, is probably the best thing that could happen to it. Um, but I just hope it's kind of hands off. I hope for them, it was a, a purchase and they'll, they'll either make it succeed or they won't. And, and we've seen what Spartan can do with products. So uh, let's just say I'm interested to see, and I, I have a vested interest, right? I'm, I'm, I got world's toughest mother on my calendar, hopefully. And uh I hope for all good things. So we'll see. Time will tell. What else have they ruined? <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like Tough Motor has actually learned their lesson about uh, having too many products already. Like they've tried that before with all the different distances, and now they're back to just. I, I don't foresee them going back to having that many products. Yeah, I'm so really I, hoping the the money being brought back to World's Toughest Motor is going to be a big draw for next year. Um, especially with like a bunch of new athletes getting into the endurance world of OCR, um, especially like higher level athletes, um, that money might entice them. So hopefully we'll see some pretty decent numbers in, in Nevada next year. Yeah. And Ryan Atkins said on our podcast last week that he's coming back. So Very uh, I think if, if you're looking for a big name athlete to get there, that's, that's the, the guy you want. So yeah, for sure. Good name drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think he also announced it on Instagram. I think that's how I heard about it like a while ago. He was like, oh, I hear money is coming back and they don't know how to count too well in Nevada. So let's go. He also announced it when he was hanging out at my house talking to me. I'm <laughs> over for a beer, did you? Athletic brewing. <laughs> Athletic brewing. Yeah, you know, he traveled from Canada all the way down to Texas. 
uh, Kim, you're our main Tough Mudder expert on here. What do you think? Am I? <laughs> well, I think I had kind of a big opinion about it at the beginning of 2020 and not anymore <laughs> because it's not become like the biggest topic in my life anymore. But um, I think it can be good. And we're seeing it with the return of the, the prize money, like we were just talking about. So I think that Spartan can help bring some competition back to world's toughest mudder, which is our like my favorite race of the year. And it would be fun to see some pro athletes that we see in Spartan try to come in like to the Tough Mudder competitive aspect. I think it would be really fun. Whether or not they're gonna change it is yet to be seen. Um, but I'm, I'm still optimistic because of Kyle. If it wasn't for Kyle, I'd be more worried. And I think he's gonna fight for the integrity of Tough Mudder to stay what it is and the ethos and bringing in just new people to obstacle course racing. Yeah, I think that was like the coolest thing of it is seeing like the dynamic duo, like the teaming up of Joe DeSena and Kyle McLaughlin. Like who would have pictured that? You know, it, it, it's it's strange, strange start to the year and then it just got stranger, you know? Can I just say how lucky uh, Tough Mudder got with the timing of that acquisition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had it been off by like a couple weeks, like it probably just never would have happened, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think I do think we've already seen in the past how the money does bring out the athletes from, you know, seeing like Hunter McIntyre and Ryan Woods and, you know, lots of other names out at Tough Mudder. And then how many of them didn't come in 2019. Uh, so, you know, I can expect to see the same whenever uh, this year, hopefully, if it happens. Didn't Will Hicks say like world's toughest is on like the verge of selling out already? Like the res registration numbers are so high. Yes, I did hear about that. Is That's pretty exciting to think about. Kyle said that in an email uh, the other day. And then Will Hicks, uh -oh. I think maybe it was him that said it's kind of partly because of all the numbers that came from previous year registration, this year's registration, but they will probably open it up to more if that cap gets hit. I don't know, like, what does that mean? Like, how do they just have a cap that they can just raise? Like, is it all marketing ploy and we're just gullible people? Only five no, spots left. Sign up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One spot until this age group heat sells out. <laughs> My thing with, uh, you know, Tough Mudder is there will be some changes. I don't think that. I think Kyle will honestly try to keep it as wholesome and as true to world's toughest mutter as world's toughest mutter can be. But, and you know, and I'm not, I don't know as the in and outs of tough mutter like I do Spartan, but I do know that like the night I was there volunteering at world's toughest mutter, like there's going to be just changes in that alone because like everybody that wanted to was getting on the uh, side-by-sides and riding around, but it's Spartan. Like, you know, you can't get on here unless you're wearing a helmet and you got to be trained. I mean, it's just, I think that there's a lot more, maybe insurance might be, you know, control a little bit tighten the grip on what, you know, you know, what world's toughest mutter will be now that it's in Spartan hands, you know, because I remember like, remember when we had the Tarzan swing at Spartan and 
they, I heard that they quit that obstacle. You know, the one where you swung across the little moat of water. I heard that they stopped that obstacle because people were, you know, jacking up their ankles, you know, coming across. And you think about that obstacle and then you think about King of Swingers, you know, it, it, it just lets me, I'm worried is, is Spartans insurance going to let them put on the same race that world's toughest was of previous. And I yeah, think like, technical side. I, I think about, um, you know, this sport is lucky that it hasn't had. And, and I say this knowing that people have died in obstacle course races, but it, the sport is really lucky that there hasn't been a larger, you know, safety impact based on some of the stuff that does happen in this sport. So I think, uh, you know, we're one, we're one bad world's toughest mutter of like issue from the event, either not happening or, or something like that. So, well, yeah, cause anything could happen in an obstacle course race. And right. if it's a 24 hour race, that's just exponentially. So like anything could really, really happen when people are sleep deprived and everything. Well, you know that they will have the, uh, the shock obstacles there because they even had one of those at the Jacksonville sprint. That was but, pretty cool. They didn't have it turned on, I guess, because of like some of the water or something. For some reason, they didn't have it turned on, but it was there. Entrapment. Spartans can't handle some electricity. Shockingly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, just the fact that Spartan has their own 24-hour race, right? Like, I wonder if it's going to be stepping on their toes if they know that it's different enough. It involves two different kind of groups of people. Um, will it be spaced further apart? Hopefully, too. I don't have any information about uh, 2021's Spartan Ultra Championships. To you, Josh? No. I mean, if I bless you, if I had to guess, uh, I, I think they're going to have a redo on most everything from 2020, right? If if they have yeah. the venue agreements, I don't see any reason that you know they they tried the Iceland thing, they tried the Sweden thing. Um, cool, like you know interesting headlines but let's be honest if you're only pulling 600 people to those events you're, you're losing money hand over fist so i think if they want to make the event accessible and uh more successful just in the sense that they get more people there then then they need to bring it you know bring it back home it, nothing against the rest of the world but this country more than anybody else is the country that runs obstacle course races so you might as well do it here uh and, and then you know and then go establish it somewhere else like starting in iceland was a little bit of an odd choice uh you know do it in the u.s first and then move out but um you know you're never going to tell joe what to do that's a good point kim was 2020 ultra championship set in the u.s wasn't it and then it got canceled killington yeah it was going to be killington the See, week I after so the regular killington. because that's the only way i think i would feasibly be able to try one of those and i am hoping that they space them apart because i think especially if they do it in the u.s the same type the same people who run worlds would be interested in it. Yep. And the yeah. fact that no, it's the, under the same umbrella now, hopefully, you know, they are talking about how they're trying to watch out for each other's schedules. So hopefully that's the case. That's a good point. Any final thoughts on Tough Mudder Spartan this year? Well, I'm just thinking about two 24 hour championships by two different brands in one year. Thinking from like the professional athlete side, that would be really like logistically hard to train for two of those in one year i don't know how that would play out unless you're atkins right (laughs) 
or, or John. Have they decided when the Killington Ultra thing is going to be? Not that I've known. No, so it should be interesting. I was just curious because yeah, I mean, people have already like booked World's Toughest Mudder, so like them releasing the date first is probably going to help their registration. That's true, Jason. Maybe since they already have uh, Atkins has already said that he's going to Worlds, uh, maybe Spartan will be like, all right, well let's make sure that we put our ultra, our twenty four hour, when it fits, then it makes sense instead of trying to. I don't know. I mean. I can't imagine them trying to put it in a place where like their top names wouldn't be able to go to both. Yeah, that's a good point. Hopefully we're not giving Spartan too much credit. <laughs> Scott? You know, and I know you have those tough mutter crowd that hate Spartan races, but wouldn't it be just an awesome penalty at Tough Mudder if you failed an obstacle, had to throw a spear, and if you made the spear you got to continue, but if you failed the spear, you had to do 30 burpees. Now, just wouldn't that be great? That's, <laughs> that's what I said. It'd be, it would be like, I almost don't think people could hate it because of the fact that they're now under the same umbrella, right? And, and of course, right. some people still complain, but I just think it would be a great, maybe don't do it for the pros, because I know that, you know, you think about last year's event, it was kind of the, the party event, the little, mm. you know, free-for-all in terms of rules and carabiners and carabiners. stuff. And, uh, now make this one the solid, right? The established competitive event. And then for the open waivers, maybe do something a little cheeky, like throw the spear throw in there. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I would love to see the spear throw in Tough Mudder. I think that's one crossover that works well. Yeah. <laughs> so 2020 was also the year of uh, virtual races. So let's go around saying how burnt out we are potentially and uh, what virtual races we end up doing this year. Yeah, I think the last virtual race I did was was worlds <laughs> and after that i was like mm, i'm good for a little while <laughs> i mean there was like some ongoing virtual challenges that i did like there was like colorado trail challenge and there was that great virtual race across tennessee um but i didn't really put any weight into it <laughs> I, I think i uh only ended up doing two i, I did toughest and, and world's toughest uh and it really wasn't like it was fun. I was glad to do it, um, but it wasn't a problem until I did a fifty miler myself two weeks before World's Toughest. So that at that point, because you know when you go into these kind of events, you get into this level of suffering where you're like, I never want to do this again. So it takes a bit to be like, okay, I'm ready to do more uh, or do that again. So for me, it was like, I did it to myself. And then it was like, okay, here's this event after. And Anna knows she was there how, even though I still did 55 miles, I was kind of, I took very long breaks. And that was partly me trying to figure out my, my health and stuff. But uh, it, it wasn't, I wasn't like so, as gung ho. I was just like, all right, I'm here to have fun and, and have a good time instead of trying to really go for it. Jason blamed it on his health, but I blame it on 90 day fiance. <laughs> And, and yeah, I didn't do any of the virtual events earlier in the year. I didn't do any of the ultraviruses. Now, I did do a live stream for the first one, which was a whole 12 hours. I mean, that's a whole thing in itself. But I didn't do any other virtual races at all, I don't believe. I, 2020 was a lot. I did both Savage Anywheres. I did the ultravirus for 40 miles. <clears throat> the toughest matter for 25. World's toughest for... 50 and then all six of the tough mutter challenges oh and tough turkey i'm burnt out <laughs> that's fair 
<laughs> I, I did do one Tough Mudder challenge, which I was excited when I first started it, but I got burnt out on that pretty quick. Yeah. You signed up for six Tough Mudder challenges. Yeah, I did two, and I just, yeah. <laughs> I we'll signed up for the first ultravirus, but we actually had already planned to do a section of the Appalachian Trail, so that was the only, that was the only virtual race I did. And I DNF'd. DNS, I guess you would say. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, Scott, I did the running you... side of it, and that's, you know, when we started getting into, like, the, the, the weird little challenges, I was like, all right, you can have my money, and I'll support the company because I love the industry, but I don't know. I'm not going to go buy ping pong balls and all this crazy crap to do virtual races. So I like, you know, Matt's first ultravirus, I think was probably the, the best virtual race in terms of the experience and how it was done. Um, but after that, I was quickly burned out. I think I did one Spartan like sprint virtually, um, <gasps> but past that. I forgot the two, the Spartan virtual I did. <laughs> I've got plenty yeah, you of got your first trifecta, right, Kim? And it was oh, no. No, I got my trifecta in 19, so oh, okay. it was the real thing. <laughs> it was the real thing. Yeah, then what races did you do virtually? Um, I did the Ultravirus 2. I did the Falmouth Road Race. And did you? I did. They said that you could loop in other races. So I just took my mileage from Tough as Mutter and gave those seven miles. I double dipped a little bit. Um, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah, I did. Oh boy, I did the first ultravirus race. I did both Savage Anywheres. I did two of my Deeblers OCR Underground races. And yeah, Virtual Toughest, which was probably like the beginning of the end for me. Very, very burnt out with virtual races. Hoping there's not as many in 2021. Josh, I think we could have a pretty good discussion about uh, which virtual races were run the best. Um, but um... I was going somewhere with that. Oh, Scott, I did want to ask you, did you do, did you get a chance to do any in-person races this year? Um, All I did was just, I did a bunch of trail races, you know, where they just kind of staggered the start, but we did, I did one Savage that was at uh, Dallas, just to open heat. And then I did the COVID edition of the Jacksonville Sprint. Dallas. Dallas, Georgia. Sorry. I was about to, I was about to say, <laughs> I didn't think you came out here. It's super confusing. It, it is, you know, and, and even when you see it on the website, you know, I wish they would just say Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Also, one of the few things that were great this year is that we finally got to see uh, Eco Challenge. So who here got to watch uh, that Fiji adventure and what do you guys think of it? I loved it. I mean, I I was all about it. I think like everybody inevitably, inevitably is just going to be like, well, we didn't get to see the guys that we wanted to see the most, but <clears throat> I'm a sucker for survivor and and you know the amazing race so i i was a huge fan of it and i love bear grills people hate him but i love the guys just so over the top and ridiculous it's great um yeah i, I was a huge fan of it i'm sad it's probably not going to end up on anywhere broadcast worthy for next year so yeah scott the only way that the eco challenge could have been better is if there would have been like somebody throwing a bike at somebody's back and, <laughs> you know, somebody getting really pissed off and kicking dirt in the road. I mean, come on. There was, throw a little there was totally the lack of drama in that show. <laughs> Kim? 
I agree with Josh with Bear Grylls. I mean, he's so over the top, but my husband and I, we just love him. I've loved him since he did naked push-ups in the snow after jumping in ice water. I'm like, this is a human that is amazing. And so, um, Mm -hmm. no, the show itself, I loved it. (laughs) I mean, I recommended it to so many people who had never heard of adventure racing and it actually got them to watch Spartan games because I'm like, I was able to like tell them that those people were in it and it, and it was kind of fun. So it was a fun little new thing to watch. And I'm really going to be sad if they don't do it again. It's a bit of a downgrade in shows, but we'll get to that later. Anna. I loved it. Um, same with Josh. Like I feel like it was very survivor and amazing race esque, um, which is why I think it appealed to so many people. Um, and yeah, it would have been nice if we could have seen a little bit more of Team Canada and their win and everything. But I loved like the personal stories. Usually I'm not a huge fan of like the sob stories outside of like the, the actual competition, but like Macy, the, uh, oh man, yes. like they did yes. not come on the TV and like I wasn't crying within like two minutes. <laughs> I, I think I texted Caitlin. Molly and I were up in Woodstock, New Hampshire, we had just finished a hike and we stopped at the bar to have a bite to eat. And just talking about Mark Macy, Molly starts like crying at the bar, just even thinking yeah. about the guy. <laughs> it was such a heartwarming story. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got all the feels right now. What's going on? <laughs> he would just like pop on the screen, not even say anything. And I would start crying. And Mike's <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I just, there was something about his story. And I agree. Like, it would have been nice to see more of Team Canada, but like, honestly, like, they're the pros they don't have like not that they obviously have struggles but they don't have like the heartbreaking story that you want to listen to I think if anyone they focused on the team that lost first too much like the first episode was like almost all about them and we're like okay yeah. we, we get it but like I want to hear from so many other people like they didn't even have Deanna Blake's team on there at all um but I, I, I do like how much they got the stories mm-hmm. and the, the actual competition I, I enjoyed it a lot and, we binged it the whole weekend and like also like ryan atkins nice man not a great interviewer no. like what were they gonna do like have him Agreed. on the yeah. yeah like i just i don't know i think you have to pull from where the people strengths are talking and communication if those are the stories you want to listen to yeah atkins is very smart but like it just doesn't always come out in his words sometimes so. yeah overall their production value was extremely good but what your preferences of competition versus drama and sob stories, you know, that's all personal preference. Uh, I would have liked to seen less sob stories and, and that's just me, but you know, I, I feel like the Spartan games, which I'm sure we'll talk about, did that very well with the eco challenge. I felt like they just repeated the same thing too, too much. Like you heard about is Macy, the, the old man with the Alzheimer's. Yep. Yes. So you heard that, over and over and over and over again and so it was just I, I felt like it was a little bit too much but that's just me and gosh uh, jason so some compassion no I, I like people have problems jeez deal with it or something i don't know just kidding um but the as far as not seeing team canada enough that is from a production standpoint very understandable because when they go out as a crew to say they have a plan, you know, here's who we feel like is going to win because these are the people we know and we're going to film them. Obviously we've got cameras all over the place, but there's only so much they can do. So at some point they have to just 
this is the footage we've got. So here's what we have to work with. And that's why we didn't see Team Canada because they were unknowns to all these people. Yep. That's a good point. Next, I think next year, if they parts. do produce it again, like you can be sure that they'll be, they'll have a camera crew embedded with them the entire time. So, Ex mm -hmm. especially if they're still like going up against Team Fiji again, because they'll be one and two, and that'll be the teams to watch. Yeah, I think one of my other favorite parts was just watching the relationship between when Bear Girls would show up and the competing teams were like, "Yeah, it's cool to see you, but like, get out of my way, I'm still competing." <laughs> and I think Josh, you even mentioned this one time too, with like, I think it was the sisters. And with the like, dad with the debt with the dad and she was yep. like mid-interview and she's like oh my god and so it's just funny seeing like just they got a fan they did a great job getting such a good variety <laughs> of people i think and it was just fun watching them take on the same brutal challenge that affected them all differently yeah it was a really good show i enjoyed it and like you said we binged it too you know and it it was such a, a long race and there were so many teams you know it was it was going to be hard to do that even in the episodes that they did produce and get the whole story in there and i think they did well with what they did it's like jason said too you know they did kind of harp on some of the people's uh, some of the team's problems more than others but it it i i think that the producers probably thought that that added drama to the story and people like to see that it sells yeah but honestly i i feel like you know we, we talk about spartan and how um we wonder if people see Spartan on TV, does that make them want to run a Spartan? And from a like everyday person standpoint, maybe not. Maybe, you know, like I'm sure there's some people that do. But I know from our crowd, you know, think about the OCR crowd. Uh, I know a lot of chatter was like, I want to go do an, an adventure race now. Like if they were actually having more adventure races this year because, you know, non-COVID world, uh, I think a lot of us probably would have signed up and done one. Yeah, and I think you're going to see – I already know of a couple Spartan pros and just other pro athletes that are that are already involved in some other adventure race experiments and, and projects. So I think you'll start to see a, a lot of people did sort of step outside their – I hate comfort zone because that's so bloody cliche, but just they needed something else to do. And I think shows like Ego Challenge do kind of give people – that ambition they need to go out and try sort of something that they wouldn't normally do because we're constantly flying to Dallas and flying to Jacksonville and all these other places. So that's true. I feel like that I would probably get lost inside my own backyard with a compass. So I have no desire <laughs> to do an adventure race. In that case, I definitely want to see you do an adventure race. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get them to be your navigator. That's all. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So any final thoughts on uh, Fiji? I want to go there. Actually, I've done a, an adventure race before. Now that I think about it, I did one in Louisiana two, three years ago. And it was terrible. It started like <laughs> downpouring on us. It's terrible. Oh. Never what again. Was the what were the challenges? Like what kind of stuff did you have to do? Like uh, well, we had to. There was like several checkpoints. There was like sixteen or seventeen checkpoints. And we had to either run, bike, or canoe to these tags that we were supposed to collect and punches that we were supposed to collect and we didn't know that you could like go out of order so we were just going in order and <laughs> so we came in like dead last for the women it was like we were, I was on like a three-person team and while we were out in the canoe um there was like a checkpoint out in the in Lake Pontchartrain somewhere and we were supposed to get, get this tag started pouring down rain and lightning and everything and we're sitting here in this little 
tin can of a canoe. And I'm like, nope, not worth it. We're turning back. <laughs> I would love to do one of those as long as there's no orienteering because I have no skills in that department All whatsoever. All orienteering. <laughs> yeah, well. Terrible. I'll hire someone then or something. <laughs> For real. And they collected no all of it. our phones, so we couldn't even like use our GPS or anything. Oh, that's legit. Yeah, it was no. legit. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an adventure race. Sounds fun. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Louisiana, there's probably like gators everywhere too. Fuck that. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a <laughs> that big nope for me. <laughs> um, another show that happened. Ever had a gator swim up on your boat before? Nope. Wait, could they couldn't they bite didn't... through the canoe, right? I don't know. No. Was... No, but those sure. things tip over really easily, I think. I've seen I don't know. Know. Like three I didn't have to find out. They don't know what they're doing. It'll tip over very easily. Exactly. Yeah. It was a even crazy if you're, even video if you're online. Watch... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's a crazy video online with the dude in a kayak and a gator like swims up on him and like knocks the boat. I mean, he might have like gotten spooked, but he falls into the water. Oh yeah, no! Obviously, that's. I saw a whale knock over a kayaker. That scared the hell out of me too. Just a big whale oh. came up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, another show that happened uh, this year, Spartan Games. So that took place. <laughs> what do we all think of it? And uh, do we think that it will happen again next year? I think that if races start up full fledged and they don't have any issues due to COVID, I don't think you'll see Spartan Games ever again. But if something if this continues to be the state, you know, I mean, I, I, you probably will see it again. I think the show was done pretty good. I mean, not the production value that the old NBC races were done at, but I think it was way better than like the live version of the races. I think they tried to do a lot with four hours worth of show. I think it could have been stretched out and maybe, learned more about each participant you know and it didn't have to be a long spiel on them but it could have been just more info about you know the in and out of the race and each you know contestant i think it, it could have been it could have been a little better you know maybe six or seven episodes maybe it seemed to me like the they they're saying you know from all the interviews that will has done with uh Mike Morris, Mike Morris, that they want to do it again because I'm sure they all had a blast while they were there. So uh, why wouldn't they want to? But you know, it really comes down to manpower and schedule and stuff. So you're right. If there is a full schedule, I could see it possibly not happening. And then again, for the athletes, we're saying, you know, how could these athletes do tough motor and this and that? And so again, if they're doing a full schedule, then you're going to put them in that too. But bringing in those other people is. You know, they brought in so many other athletes, which was really cool. And the production value itself, they they did a really good job, but they I think they just had a lot to cram into small episodes. So while the episodes got longer as it went over the four episodes, there was a lot they could have shown. So if they could have extended it to like a full uh, season of episodes, like 12 episodes, that would have been super cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, yep. I agree. Like with the girls that I've talked to about it so far, it sounds like a lot of the competition that didn't even get shown was really interesting. Like they kind of skimmed over the tug of war or some of the wrestling. And it would have been a lot better if we could have seen more of the competition side too. Like on episode one, they spent like 10 minutes showing us 
their briefing and I it was so some of the stuff they chose to show was weird so if they had done two episodes per day maybe a little bit shorter on the episode would have been perfect maybe one episode per event would have been agreed yeah I agree yeah Though the episode being all in one day, it did show the scale of the amount of stuff that they were going through. Because one episode, I felt like more than one day. But if they could have done it longer, I would have loved to see more competition. It was definitely better production value, though, than their their team challenge show other than like yeah other than some of like the douchey club music i enjoyed it (laughs) there there definitely was some douchey club music (laughs) (laughs) there was some interesting choices i was thinking they just had to get it out so fast they went to the youtube music library yeah they went to like the stranger things (laughs) b-side soundtrack or something yeah. copyright free music yeah, yeah yeah i think um you know complaints about the production aside because i don't think you'll ever make anybody happy when it comes to that stuff i think just the overall premise i think can be very successful but can be successful in a format where it is essentially a made for tv competition right i i think when I look at all of the events that are in there, Spartan Cross jumps out to me as something they could theoretically do as an event, right? A short form, one mile looped course like that is, that's pretty exciting to me if they can do it. Um, Way more exciting than dick of shit. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, hell at this rate, they haven't even had a DECA event technically. So who, who knows if that one even comes out of the box, but uh, you know, I, I think it works in a sense that, it's a great concept, pack a bunch of athletes into a, a small space, beat them up for four days across multiple disciplines. I think you're going to have a hard time getting name brand athletes that'll give you the recognition that you probably want for an event like this. Maybe you don't need it after the first game. So like the first one has the celebrity status and all that. Uh, and then after that, it's just, you know, get, get typical athletes and the average Joe's there are a lot of Spartan pros out there that wanted to be a part of it and were wondering why they got passed up for guys that scored 18 points over the course of four days. So, um, but again, you don't, you don't want it to turn into just the Spartan games and who is the best Spartan athlete. We already know that based on the Spartan U S national championship series, the Spartan North American championship series, the world championship, et cetera. So. And you got to think too, like if you're like an Olympic you know, marathoner or you have, or you're great at some other sport and you come to this event and you see after the first day or day and a half that you don't have a chance of making top three. Why should you continue to put in a hundred percent and risk injury for your own sport? Right. You look at like, look at Kellen Taylor. I mean, the woman is a world-class marathoner, like a top five marathon of all time amongst women. Yeah, for her to go out there and put on a weight vest in rainy, cold weather, and to run up a, a mountain, there is no advantage to her doing that. When even if she won the grand prize, which is what twenty thousand dollars, right? Um, that girl probably signs hundred thousand dollar promotional contracts with her sponsors. So it's cool for her to go and and experience it. But you're right; she is not going to jeopardize what is her true paycheck, and that is her her traditional running. And that's why I think this will never happen again, too, because 
not only does Spartan have to set up the whole situation again, but it needs to be a year where athletes can't do their own sports because they're not going to risk injury where it could affect their own sports as well. Right. Um, it's something that they definitely exactly right. should have done better if they had more time that went into it beforehand is pick athletes. There was no one there that could have com- competed with Hunter McIntyre when it came to strength. They right. had a lot of people that could compete with Atkins with the, the ultra stuff, but it, it, I think they could have selected people better, but I think they were really desperate and it showed. Um, I'm really happy to see all the people that were on there, but I think if they put more time into it beforehand, it wasn't just like a last minute idea. I think it could have been a little bit better too. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say was with, with given more time and like given you have professional athletes that maybe aren't like so active in their respective sports, like you had retired NFL players. That's perfect for this kind of thing, you know? Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, worst case, if they do continue it, maybe you don't have to get the pro athlete every time. Maybe you turn it into a, a selection type experience and, you know, do it like the wild card situation for CrossFit, right? Get Hunter to the games, like turn it into a, a voting scenario of who people want to get there. So I don't know, maybe you use it as kind of that reality type um, kind of marketing Premise. extension of, uh, of Spartan. So, And I might be the only one that thinks this way, but I think that the show itself would have been better if it would have just been invited OCR athletes and nothing but I that. I like that. I feel like all of them would have tried to put in a hundred percent. It's kind of like the CrossFit games. You have CrossFit, CrossFit athletes, but when the games come around, they're put into these events that they normally wouldn't do like paddleboarding or whatever that crazy stuff they usually do. And I feel like the Spartan games would have been that, but for OCR, you know, competitive athletes. And it would have been nice to see, some of the top tier OCR people there, you know, cause it's like, it's, it's like I was saying before, you know, you know, it's like you said, Hunter was going to dominate certain events and Ryan was going to dominate certain events. And it probably didn't take the people there that don't do our OCR to realize this is the way it was going to go down. As much fun as it was to see other pro athletes come in and race with them. I think if they were to do Spartan games again, bringing in just OCR athletes, but keeping the same varied competition with like the open water swimming, mountain biking, make it really interesting. That would be, I think, the only way they could keep an audience. Absolutely. The other way. <laughs> yeah. This would take a lot of people, but it'd be cool if they could do like two brackets of like OCR athletes and then like other professional athletes, because somebody like the ex NFL player, like he had no chance, but if he was stacked against more like non OCR people, like it would have been cool to see how like the everyday people would have compared. I'm all for like everyday people competing in like ginormous events. Like how cool would it be at the Olympics? Like an everyday person running a marathon just to see how impressive it truly is that these people are running like sub two hour marathons. Yeah. We kind of already saw that though with the, I mean, the people that were there, like even, even the heavy stuff, you know, the OCR people weren't as good at the heavy stuff except for Hunter, but even that you saw like the DECA heavy, some of the, I mean, Ryan still killed and Ryan Kent still killed the other, uh, the rest of the field. Like it didn't matter that it was heavy um those people i think 
all of these competitions, even the DECA heavy, still lend themselves more towards endurance athletes. You got to have the breath to be able to get through those exercises. So yeah. if they if they open it up to just Spartan people, that would be interesting. But would it be as interesting for TV? And that it really did have that like made for TV competition feel. So while it wasn't like watching a race on air live, you know, like we like to watch it, it was a little bit closer to um, a reality TV show that. I know a lot, a lot of OCR people have wanted to see for a long time and they kind of pulled it off. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's With some refinement. It can definitely be better. Yeah. It is like the OCR athletes versus the non OCR athletes is one thing that I kind of thought about during watching the show is like, I wonder if this like almost in a way validates our sport because you see all these other athletes from different, different kinds of sports coming in and they're like, holy crap, this is like what these OCR athletes did in one weekend is probably what most of us do throughout the year to train for a regular OCR race. So I, I kind of wonder like how it changed their thinking about our sport in general. If that discussion is out there in other, um, comp other athletics, other sports, then yeah, I'd say for sure. I don't know if it is. But hopefully it does. Hopefully it does get the word out there that OCR athletes are something to be reckoned with. Definitely. Uh, I want to transition to some goals. Uh, so those that wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Yep. <laughs> one last thing. To me personally, one of the best parts about the Spartan Games was it brought a side of passion out of Ryan Atkins that I, for one, have never seen. No. And I just thought that, and he, and it, it, looking back at that, he might have been em, embarrassed about the way he acted. Maybe I don't know, but what I saw, I just saw passion from somebody who is always calm and cool that doesn't look like nothing gets under his skin, and 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 seeing him drop a f bomb and just losing his shit. It, it just made you realize this man is human and he goes through the stuff that everybody else does. And I mean, I don't think it, I don't see it as a, a sign of weakness. I just see it as a sign of, you know, he's human. And I just thought that was great. That was the best part about that show to me. Just seeing Ryan, just seeing a more personal side of Ryan for that one minute. It was yeah. worth watching the whole show. It definitely made all of those athletes feel more relatable. You know, think yeah, exactly. about somebody if, that you only watch trail race and then you see them in this other competition and you see, oh, they're, they're just like me. There's something that I'm good at and there's other things that I'm, that I'm not. Yeah, like Kent, you know, doing mountain biking for the first time. I bet he was scared to death. I know I would have been on that course as well. Yeah, yeah. he was like so scary. He was, he was kind of emotional about it. He was kind of... Mm -hmm strange to see some of those athletes like that because you're so used to seeing them a certain way at races so going into 2021 i wanted to focus on goals that uh we had going into 2020 so this will be more uh comedy value than anything so first off josh you said that you wanted to podium at spartan uh you wanted to get better at beasts because the longer the event the worse you get um your words not mine uh you wanted to get 50 miles of world's toughest mother <laughs> 
uh, keep moving because you're not get any, getting any younger. You wanted to do a pull-up challenge with me to keep us both accountable. Um, I would say that's a bit of a success. And uh, I'm going to help you with deal with the uh, cliff jump issue. So how do you think those went? Uh, the keep moving one was obviously my best one. I think uh, COVID allowed me to, to focus on running. And I took uh, as much time this year to just get on my legs and not just run, but run with intent. Uh, so I have a, a trainer that I'm working with that I think is definitely helping. I've set a PR in every distance that I've ever run from half marathon to 10K to 5K to one mile, et cetera. So uh, proof is in the pudding there. Uh, as far as the rest of the things, I, I think I'm maybe on the verge of a, a Spartan age group podium on the right weekend, uh, maybe without Scott there. Um, a little more to come on that. I think if you put me at a Savage, I could probably, I could probably place there, but I haven't run any competitive Savages in a while. Um, so getting there, I'm, I'm interested to see sort of where I'll end up. You know, obviously everybody's had the same amount of time to, to put efforts into their training. So, uh, has everybody worked as hard as I have? I don't know. And uh, I'll be happy to see it when it happens again. So, uh, but I also do have kind of the itch to do some more long distance adventure type things. And that's, I think, because uh, I'm seeing all these people that are out there in the mountains because they're not racing and running FKTs and all this stuff. So, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep running as best I can throughout the winter. Um, and then who knows what next year brings. So I am going to book a flight to Jacksonville in the next 20 minutes, I think. So what's that? Are you and Scott in the same age group? Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that either. Any, any specific 2021 race, uh, 2021 goals for you? No, I mean, spot? for me, I, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to run as fast as I can. Cause that's, that's really what this sport is, right? If, if you hammer it down, I could get better at obstacles, but when I think about what's going to truly help you excel in the sport, it's all running. Um, yeah. Even if you suck at carrying buckets, which I generally do, uh, the faster you can run, the more you can make up for that kind of stuff. So um, I haven't really sat down and looked at any specific goals, but uh, I think they're probably going to be pretty similar to what they were last year. Uh, Josh, next up we have Jason. Hang on, Josh. Uh, you did your YouTube channel. Uh, um, Remind me anything. Almost average or best. Average or best. best. Yeah. It, was that this year? That was this year. Yeah. That was. Uh, it was like April, May, June, or May, June, July, somewhere in that time frame. All right. So you did this uh, YouTube show that was what you put out four or five episodes. Yeah. And the did did you get the last episode that had the culmination of your <laughs> PR or, or trying to get your PR? Yeah. So the what I did essentially was. Uh, I just pulled up like Strava has these training plans that you can follow. And earlier in the year, I was like, I just have to run more. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, so I'm just going to follow one of these plans. So it was like a McMillan eight week training plan. And it was, you know, it was pretty basic. It's like four runs a week, two easy runs, two workouts. So I was like, I'm going to document everything I do on this because usually when you spend eight weeks consistently doing something, you expect much better results. Um, and overall, I think I definitely did get better in those eight weeks. But when I ran my last time trial, I'm not even joking, one second off of my 10K time, a single second for eight weeks of training. So I was sort of disheartened by that. Um, and I never ended up making the final episode for probably for that reason. But uh, 
now I think it's, it's totally different. If I went back and probably hammer that course again, uh, knock on wood, I think I would, I would probably do better. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to get disheartened again, but uh, I know where I am physically now and I think I'm better off. So I, I was curious because of course I, I was watching your shows and wanted to see how you did. Um, but you also said earlier that you did beat all your PRs. Um, was that the one for your 10 K or was there another one where you beat it too? No. So I I've beaten it since then as well. So that the new training plan I've, I've been on. So I'm working with Justin Thornley, who's on our discord. Uh, I've been working with him since June, I think, and massive gains since then. So I, I think better quality of running better time out there. Uh, pull-ups have struggled, but I haven't been in a gym in, in a long time. So, uh, we'll, we'll focus on that in the future. Can I, can what I is this discord you speak of? <laughs> Can I ask what your 10K PR is now? Uh, you can, as long as I can kill enough time to open up my Strava app and tell you that it is 5130. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and what was it before that, before you so started the average at best? The first one was 5337. And then I ran after the eight weeks, 5336. Uh, and then 5130. Different course, flatter course. Uh, from our most recent PR, but again, still I'll take two minutes off that any day. So that is very cool. And I think the best thing about that is it just shows like 2020, what did you do with yourself? Josh decided I'm going to make a little YouTube show and like document all my, uh, my efforts here. Very cool. Yep. All right. So Jason, uh, your goals were 75 miles at world's toughest motor, uh, doing Ragnar Colorado and just overall doing, just having new experiences. How did those go? And well, I didn't get to do Worlds or Ragnar, so plan on doing those this year. And I forget what it was, but there's something that happened recently that made me really feel like I really think I could hit 75. And like, I'm ready for it. Uh, I got to keep, you know, obviously keep training this year, but I, I really want to go for it. Um, Ragnar is just going to be more of a fun trip that's planned. I've got my flights booked already for it, so really looking forward to that. And as far as like doing new things this year, I did uh, a 50 miler from Fort Worth to Dallas that actually ended up being, a, we ran about 54 miles and man, it was awesome. I had three uh, friends that I did it with and we took weeks to plan it out and like actually go out and scout the areas because there's these trails that travel from one city to the other but there are spots where you either got to cross a river or you got to go under a bridge and then might be working on the bridge. I mean, there was construction zones we went through. There was uh, one spot where a bridge was out and we did our, we, we, I literally put a rope out the night before and climbed that rope to get up to that bridge from the bottom of the bank. I mean, it was a pretty wild trip and we, uh, we did it. We made the 54 miles. One friend dropped out halfway. He was having some uh, plantar fasciitis issues, but the other three guys, and he met us at the end and it was like our wives were there and our kids were there and it was super awesome experience from the inception to the planning to the execution so i was completely proud with that yeah that's awesome any goals going into 2021 uh 75 at world stuff is going to carry over i do hope to get out to do another kind of like adventure fun thing where um arkansas has a mountain of a trail called eagle rock loop where you actually go over a couple of mountain ridges uh, along that. It's about 27 to 30 miles. And I'm hoping to do it like a two-day thing, like run 15, 
camp out, run another 15 after that. So hopefully that happens, but uh, I know my calendar is filling up, which is silly to say. Always, but yeah. And Scott, your goals were keep doing what you did before and try your best at races. Also doing the Killington Ultra Beast again for some reason. How did that go? Well, pretty much none of that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I've pretty much been doing about the same. You know, Um, I did get a hamstring injury even before all this COVID happened. And I had to like, like anytime I do speed work or even do a race, it'll flare back up and bother me like the next day and then it'll go away. So my answer to it is, is I've just been doing a lot of zone two, zone three running. And uh, I actually think it's been helping my endurance a little bit more because like in these races, I, I feel like I've got a little bit more closing speed and power towards the end or strength, what have you. And uh, I don't know, I'm probably going to continue to do that. And man, I don't want to count uh, the chickens before they hatch, but I'm just hoping that we have an OCR season. Yeah. I'm hoping it starts in January, February, you know, and they've already wow. started canceling some races and I'm, I just, I just hope we have a regular OCR season. Assuming that we do end up having some sort of an OCR season. Do you have any goals for 2021? Uh, I would like to, I want to go to world stuff as mother. I'm no yeah. goals. Just want to go. <laughs> hey. Awesome. So uh, Anna, your, hang on scott your um you said you you did obviously you're mostly doing spartan races because uh you get the you get the annual pass and you go to as many as you can which is amazing right um but this year obviously you didn't have any to go to did you you said you did some trail races what else did you do i guess training wise did you just keep on just running as usual pretty much just running as usual i've added a little bit more mileage in just to try to kind of build up my mileage during the week, you know, which I used to kind of, you know, run ultras with just a little bit of running a week. You know, I used to just do maybe 15, 20 miles max a week, you know, and right now I've been averaging about 30 a week and that's the most I've ever run. I think this year for mileage, I got the most mileage in training that I've ever had. So. So Anna, your goals were to do more local stuff and explore your area more because you recently moved at the time. Uh, everything this year is in pursuit of a 2021 goal that you wouldn't tell us about. So please enlighten us. <laughs> so uh, I did do local trail races, which was really cool. And I did explore a lot of uh, my local trails that are within like a pretty small driving distance. Um, but yeah, so 2021, I wasn't anticipating doing World's Toughest Mudder a month before this, <laughs> but uh my, my friend Edie puts on a, uh, a trail race in Louisiana, which is on like a really awesome uh, uh, 20 mile loop trail in, uh, I guess, central Louisiana, central South Louisiana. And um, so the female course record for the 100 miler is just under 23 minutes ish, 20 or 23 hours okay 23 hours sorry 23 hours 23 hours hours and 44 minutes or 22 minutes i'm sorry which actually i'll show you this but the listeners can't see this has been like my screensaver on my phone for like the past two years (laughs) 
so that is what I'm going for in uh, December of 2021 is to beat that female course record for the hundred miler. That's so, awesome. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that, that I wasn't really anticipating having to do world's toughest in November, like the month before, but you know, it'll be like a good little training race for me, I guess now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you have any- definitely be the right kind of training that you need for that. kind Yeah, of for sure. For sure. Well, and I did the 20 mile um, race a couple years ago, a year or so ago, and I finished the 20 mile in like a little less than three and a half hours. So I think it's pretty, pretty doable. Where, um, where is that one? Cause you did, did you go to Lou Guru before or no? Or is yeah, that that's, it? that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's Where'd it. you do so your 60 miler? The, the hundred K was in uh, Northern Louisiana. That was in Kisachi. Oh. That was at Red Dirt. So that's another one of her races though. And I just figure like my first hundred miler, I want it to be with like my trail people from back home. So I thought that would be like a really cool experience. That is <laughs> Lou Do you have any other smaller goals? Uh, smaller Sorry. goals? No, just, just keep training. <laughs> and like is, consistency is going to be key this year. Is that's that awesome. hundred miler at Chicote? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Chico. Gotta get you backing you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so my goals for 2020 were to do a handstand, focus on speed instead of endurance, uh, keep my band for OCRWC3K, uh, get my ass on Mudrun Guides Best of OCR podcast. That was Josh's recommendation, and uh, I, I did a handstand with help. Uh, not really counting that one. Uh, so I don't think I really did any of those. There weren't any events. I didn't really get to work on speed much. Um, if anything, I just did more endurance, which was kind of fun, but uh, no, I didn't get to do any of those. Where did you stuff. do a handstand? Uh, Wildwood, New Jersey. I think your dad helped me. It wasn't very pretty. <laughs> I but think my dad helped you, you and you were leaning down. against the wall. Can you do one right now? Yeah, go ahead. We have the wall I space. I will break something, and I, <laughs> I put these balls up myself. I insulated them. Um, I'm not... You can do it. I cannot can do we, it now. Can we see an attempt? So yeah, in other go. words, he doesn't trust the walls. So you know how to fix them. Hands is going to be a special Patreon video. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Perfect. Uh, but we have some new people this year. So Kim, what are your do- goals for next year? Oh, yeah. My, my goals are the same for next year. And, and a six-pack. I'm going to be a six-pack. You're not getting a six-pack. I've been pack. saying it for a decade, but 2021 is a year. I can feel it. But Kim, do you have any goals for 2021? I do. Assuming things go on. Uh, the only thing I can commit to is I will be at world's toughest mutter. Um, and I'm going probably for 60 miles. Um, so my other goal for this year is I've had a good opportunity to make training an actual priority. So that is my goal. (laughs) And maybe by 2022 test myself out more competitively. So does that mean running some tougher's tougher ways? Or running it elsewhere. Yeah, like actually compete, like trying to see how well I do. But actually, I want to get more competitive in toughest and world's toughest because I do better with endurance than speed. Awesome. Caitlin, do you have any goals for 2021? Um, I guess just toughest Chicago. Maybe we could do toughest Philly if that's a thing and my graduation gets canceled. But I think just staying on course for all 12 hours during toughest because I did toughest like virtually and that was the worst thing I've ever done. So <laughs> I, Kim, did you raise your hand? No, she cheered. 
No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I thought I saw your hand. I was cheering for you in sign language. Sorry. Oh, thank you. So we have four minutes left on this the Zoom call. Um, I just planned to, I have like one more topic to discuss and then we could plug our own shows. I don't know if we can get it done in three minutes. So why don't you end it now? So lightning round it. Boom, boom, boom. You sure? Okay. So Jason, you can take on point. <laughs> so Will Hicks was saying earlier how he's expecting 2022 to be similar to 2012 with it being a crazy resurgence uh, with the industry of OCR and as someone who's been in the sport back then I think this would be really awesome what are everyone's thoughts of this I second I think, that I hope it's just as big as 2012 yeah, <laughs> yeah I think uh, I, I think people are going to want to get the hell out of their houses and go experience new things so that that bodes well financial economic side of things might prove to be a little difficult we we have a very uh our sport is very expensive uh especially you know obstacle course racing and such so i think it could be a great year but also might take another year or two before it it really booms again yeah definitely hope so but uh for me it'll just be more races that i won't probably won't be able to do so it'd be a little bittersweet i think Kayla. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't really have an opinion on this. Anyone else that has thoughts? <laughs> Scott distracted me too badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't care what, you know, happens in 2022. I just want to see that. I just want to see the races come back. I want to see them be successful. And I want now that Spartan is Tough Mudder and Tough Mudder is Spartan. I just want to see that business get their shit together quit trying to do too many things and just get back to the bare bones of what both of these races are all about mm-hmm. Definitely. Kim? I, I think at this point i'd just like to see ocr survive all of this 100 percent, and not and because we don't know how long it'll go on and how long we'll have to prolong racing and all of the health concerns and everything to get people back into a race where you are close to other people and you're coming in and out of the same water so i just want to see it survive yeah and anna real quick yeah i i really just want to see all y'all again at racing (laughs) awesome so let's go around and uh plug our shows so anna if you want to start yep me and jason are on ocr talk and on instagram at ocr talk and facebook and Facebook. And anywhere you get your podcast. <laughs> awesome. We got giveaways. Come and listen to us. Perfect. And Kim, you got a new one? Yeah, my podcast is OCR Coven. Probably best way is just reach out on Instagram. Awesome. Josh? Obstacle Discourse, Davis and Chase, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Matt is actually good at keeping a schedule. How about that? That means we have an episode out tomorrow, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram, at Josh and HD, and uh, in the Discord. Website is bit.ly forward slash OCR chat. Perfect. Scott? I'm Scott the Fane Knowles from I'm a Spartan Podcast. You can pretty much find us anywhere you can find these other ones. All right. And Kayla and I from Upscale Running Adventures. And uh, yeah, thanks, guys. You didn't plug where people could find us. They could find us.
I'm definitely joins. in here and what uh, y'all are talking about now. That's yeah. for sure. So, uh, Scott, say what you just said. I asked him if that was a floating ceiling in his house, which is kind of odd for a I got house. So much, I got so much shit from, from this everybody. This is so about, common in the like, north. What do you mean you have a drop ceiling? I'm like, yeah, that way we can get to the pipes and shit. They're like, do you live in like a, an office Makes building? Sense. I'm like, no. That way we yeah, can hear I mean, all the mice and shit that are up there. And I got my first uh, vaccine today. As a nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yay, that's exciting. I can't wait for mine. I know. I can't wait for mine either. And my third eye hasn't even started yet. <laughs> it, in our hospital, it was pretty much, if you wanted to get it, you could get it. Because it was the it's so voluntary it. right now. And what else? What else does it do to you? Because it tracks you. Uh, yeah, track you because it's got microchips. <laughs> got microchips. Yeah. I think there's there's more to it though. But it's cool because it works with your Garmin, right? <laughs> That's what Javier said. He was like, I no longer have to upload my Strava data. That's great. <laughs> Is this everybody? Yeah. No Will, no Matt. Uh no. Did you not invite them? I didn't invite Will because he hasn't joined the last two times and I didn't invite Matt because it's past his bedtime. So also he said <laughs> he's gonna both involve- very valid reasons. I thought it was pretty good, and it, the sound was pretty good. Y'all had a good Thank sound. Thank you. Yeah. Kiroth Hittava or something crazy like that. Kiroth Hittava. It was. It was oh my god, that was so much closer than I expected to be. <laughs> <laughs> what was your? Just right before what? we started this, Declan was coming down the stairs, and we have a foster dog right now. And the dog, I think, put his paw on Declan's foot from like four steps up, and he fell Shoot. from the fourth oh. step, like in his. Oh. I think he landed on his head. <laughs> Oh, my For the record, why uh, the reason why Caitlin and I were laughing so hard <laughs> was uh, did the booch get you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I bur- I burped, earlier, we were talking about how I was drinking the kombucha. I burped it up. I just thought it could subtly just sneak out, but it was it was loud. It was disgusting. It smelled so bad, and then we just beat off of each other, and I couldn't stop laughing. So, <laughs> so you told me to leave. <laughs> yeah, I had to make her leave. Yeah, if you all buy yourself a, uh, a mic arm, uh, make sure you get one that's rated for a good mic. Like, I think some of y'all have a, two. a Yeti as well. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And and now you guys can see my face because I got a ring light too. I, we, were, we were talking about that. I, I like got, the ring got light. Got one of those makeup lights. It's not a makeup light. Yeah, Leroy the Jenkins. All right, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> All right, I don't want to make it there. Is that from? You're so young. No, it's not even that. It's not even that because I know the reference. You are like three years older than me. Whatever. Yeah, well, it's a video game. You're so reference, old so. and wise, Mike. There's that too. So I have the beard. Oh, your beard is disgusting. I know. I know. I know. I'm gonna take care of it. <laughs>